Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show podcast. I mean, we're going... We did it with Alan Shearer, and it's Johnny's turn to fly solo this week. He's uh, been in conversation with former Newcastle left-back Jose Enrique, sans Mulliner, which is French for without Mulliner. Um, so today, I suppose, is very much the Jonathan and Greenwood show, isn't it? It's always been that, really. Um, obviously, that name was adopted earlier on in this show, wasn't it? Thanks to Mr. Lee Lawler. <laughs> Unbelievable. As, as Paul Ellis is uh, Sam shaking his head in the background. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was obviously, it was in lockdown one. Uh, big shout out to the Redmen. Boys um, spoke to Ross. He said, oh, Jose Enrique is doing a lot of media work. Got his email address. Um, I'm sure he won't mind doing some stuff for you all a lot as well. I said, oh, well, I'll give it a go. And it was actually on me. I was just in a, in a walk down the coast. And I thought, I don't know, I'll try me luck with see if I can get Enrique. And he literally responded within about 25 minutes. I was absolutely like amazed that he like responded so quickly. And we arranged a date and a time. And I was sitting down with my terrible Wi-Fi. Uh, talking all things Newcastle United, but um, yeah, the Wi-Fi has improved. Don't know about the interviewing, but uh, the Wi-Fi's got a bit better. Yeah, thankfully you're in crystal clear HD now as opposed to, I mean, if you go on YouTube, the video is available. You can make out Jose Enrique ever so lovely. Um, Johnny, not so much. Um, rocking a lockdown Bin Laden beard, I seem to recall. But um, Jose's been through so much and not just in his Newcastle career, obviously battled horrendous illness and he's come through the other side and he's he's in he was in great form in this interview, wasn't he? He was and he was very um very easy interview. obviously he's media training, he has obviously a lot of interview experience. But um yeah, very open. Very, very open, talked all things, takeover, his career at Newcastle, some great stories when you remember the championship season where he had that partnership with Jonas Gutierrez and, you know, he had an exceptional season. He was in the championship team of the year. Um, the following season, in what turned out to be Newcastle's last season, with uh, Enrique's last season at Newcastle, rather, um, another phenomenal season in which he beat Sunderland 5-1, the 4-4 game against Arsenal gets mentioned as well. And um, also the game for when he was at Liverpool and he ended up being goalkeeper for yeah. Liverpool. He actually has big gloves. Of uh, Pepe Reina for that game, <laughs> which he's kept, um, which he did an interview with the Athletic and Chris Woff and mentioned that. After uh, James Perch was viciously assaulted by Pepe Reina, I seem to remember. Horrendous Horrendous. Absolutely disgraceful headbutt, um, if you've not seen it. Um, yes, excellent. So, by all means, head on over to beer52.com forward slash NFTV. Help yourself to a free case of beer, just pay for postage. And uh, enjoy, crack one open, and listen to Mr. Jonathan Greenwood in conversation with Jose Enrique. Welcome back to Newcastle Fans TV. I'm here with a very, very special guest. He is the former Newcastle left back. He is Jose Enrique. Jose, welcome to Newcastle Fans TV. Thank you very much. Thank you. How are you? Good? 
Very, very good, very good. Let's start with, obviously, way back in 2007, Jose, you came in uh, from Villarreal, which yeah. obviously did very well at for that one season, and you come to Newcastle. Was, was Newcastle your only option at the time, Jose, or was it just the Premier League in general? You wanted to try and see, can you come, like, to compete with the big boys, essentially? Well, listen, now that I'm a football legend, I don't know if you knew, I, I can't tell you. When, <laughs> when, when people say players have, uh, oh, these guys have 10 teams to choose that most of the time, obviously, if he's Messi or if he's a player like that, yeah, it's true. You know, obviously, they have, they can go wherever they want, but normal players call it away. Uh, <laughs> you know, like at the end, yeah, I have so many teams asking for me. Uh, Barcelona, I remember Guardiola even got in touch with, you know, the club Barcelona got in touch with my brother asking about my situation and everything. Villarreal say, he say so many clubs got in touch with us about you. But the reality at the end is what I always say. Yeah, you can ask about me. Every club asks about players every single day. But at the end, what the most important is, is someone come with the money to pay the transfer that you cost. And you know what I mean? And at the end, that was Newcastle. That was Newcastle. Uh, they came. Obviously, it was a big step for me. Even Villarreal was a big club. And they, they played the semi-final of the Champions League the year before. At the end, you can compare. I know by history. I know my qualities as well. The type of way I play. Well, I used to play, obviously. Uh, he fit England as well, uh, quite well. And it was a good chance for me to move. I know Newcastle was a big team with big fans, you know. Uh, the city the city was really good, you know. The fans are beautiful, you know. I know for experience now, but even before that, uh, I know it, it was nice. So, it was a no-brainer, really, that. Uh, then, as well, I, I, I remember... To be honest, uh, not many people know about this. I remember because uh, the, I think it was Mark Ashley who sent his own private jet to, to pick me from Valencia to, to, to go to wow. Newcastle. And before I got on the plane, Manchester City called my brother because my brother was my agent, was the old yeah. owner. No, wasn't this owner. It was the owner from before. And they say, listen, we, we want you here. Uh, I don't know how much Newcastle is paying. We just read in the news they want you, but... We want you here, and I'm sure we can improve the offer, blah, blah. And I said, listen, I'm a type of person that when I say yes to something, is yes. I'm not going back. As well, in that time, obviously, you can compare Newcastle with Manchester City. Obviously, now Manchester City has spent so much money, and, and they are up there, you know. But obviously, in that time, it wasn't that way. So I said, listen, as well, even if it was the opposite way, I say yes to them. I'm a, a man of my word, so I'm going to Newcastle. And I just got on the plane and went there. And... And obviously, it was beautiful. It was beautiful for years. Obviously, the first at the start was difficult, but it was beautiful. It's beautiful. I have. I'm so grateful to Newcastle. To be honest, so grateful. I'm glad to hear that. Of course, when you first came in, Jose, obviously Sam Allardyce was the manager. Um, and was English football the way you expected? Did you think it would be different? Did you think it'd be maybe even more physical, or did you just feel comfortable quite quickly? How long do you think it took you to kind of be? What's the word? to English football? I believe, look, <clears throat> for experience now as well, I believe that young players, uh, it's difficult that they make impact extra way. Yeah, it's a lot of young players, they're really good, but go to a big team, because Newcastle is a big team, to go there and do well straight away, change country, change language and everything. Yeah, it's people that go and make impact extra way. I'm not saying no, obviously it is. But I was 21. It was difficult for me at the start, to be honest. It was Albert Luque there with me at the start, the first two weeks. Uh, 
So it was good because obviously he showed me the city, he showed me everything. I will always be grateful to him. He, he told me about the players, he told me about the club. Uh, obviously, he left after that. He didn't finish very well with the club. Um, <laughs> and then obviously after that, you, you see yourself obviously on your own there because in that time was in Spanish players in Newcastle or Spanish speaking. Then obviously the year after year because Colocini and Jonas arrived. But that year it wasn't that way. So... It took me a while, it took me a while. And to be honest, they even Newcastle, not many people know this as well, they wanted to sell me on the summer. Uh, Kevin Keegan wanted to sell me. Uh, I had an offer from Betis uh, to go. And that was like a wake-up call for me. I said, well, listen, I'm not going. I'm going to stay. I don't like to leave business on the, you know, on the halfway. So I don't want people to have that impression. I know I have the qualities to really do well here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to change that. And obviously, I stand and they sack Kevin, they sack Kevin Keegan a week after. They change the manager. Obviously, that season we played in the Premier League is the season we relegate. I think I did okay. I wasn't, wasn't my best season, but I did okay. And then in the championship, really, is when, when I start to, to grow as a player in England, completely used to it and very happy there in terms of I knew the language better. I could understand people more. So... To me, to me, a year and a half or something like that to get used to because of the age and because of obviously it wasn't anyone to speak the, the language. Yeah, yeah. It was difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. And you've mentioned, obviously, just even a couple of managers and, and obviously we're talking a year and a half, you're kind of just think, feeling your way into football in England. But you've, talk, you've had Sam Allardyce, you've had Kevin Keegan, you've had Joe Kinnear, you've had all sorts of different managers. And Newcastle did end up ultimately get relegated. But... Did you feel that the club was just a mess, really, for the first two years at your time at Newcastle? Because there was just not enough. I, I might even say there was not enough professionalism when you look back at it now. Well, at the end, that's the. I always say that uh, at the end is the club's decision what they do with the manager or not. At the end, I wasn't good enough myself. I wasn't good enough uh, for the club in that moment. They signed me for a good, um, very good amount of money for a young player. Uh, and, and obviously, I didn't perform the, the way I should. Obviously, about the managers, it's the club's decision. I remember the first training that was funny because uh, I remember I passed the ball to Nicky Bat with Sam Allardyce and he lost the ball after five seconds or three seconds, something like that. And we received a goal in training. He said, Jose, stop, stop. Say, no, no, the ball not to the midfield, the ball behind the, the fullback or the center back. You know, it's like English football, proper wow. English football. And obviously I wasn't used to that. In Villarreal, you play with the midfield, you play with the winger, you go overlap, you think so. Obviously it's, it's completely different. And as a young player, you don't have that, es that experience, that's the reality. Uh, and like I say, it was important as well that it wasn't any Spanish-speaking. So really, I was training, going home. Uh, I'm a quite jokey guy all the time in the dressing room or anything like that. So you don't have that because obviously you don't speak the language. Even I have so many players that they treat me so well, like Marby Duca or Femi Martins, you know, like... Joey Barton, like so many players that they were so good to me, Andy as well, Andy Carroll, so good to me from the start. And we couldn't understand each other, but I don't know how. At the end, we have good feeling between <laughs> each other and, and it was nice. But it was difficult. It was difficult at the start. And it's nothing to do with the managers. It was my mistake. I wasn't good enough at the start. And that's all. That's all. Yeah, it's, I think, I think obviously it was, it was from a fan's point of view, I think it was just a collective where... I think the club just needed the. Re I know that sounds stupid, but they needed the relegation to kind of reset the buttons and just start again and get Newcastle to back in the Premier League and back to you know competing. And I hope you're sitting comfortably because it is edge of the seat time. Four teams, two relegation places, 
And right now, Newcastle United occupy one of them. Down to Barry. Oh, a little deflection! Gareth Barry may claim the goal, but it certainly flicked someone on the way through, and Harper was beaten. How costly is that? Newcastle United and the Premier League. This is where it ends. Newcastle United are relegated. Everyone talks about that pre-season game, Jose, against Leighton Orient. Um, I know. I knew, you, I knew you were going to ask me about that. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean. it's, because, because from, this, from that moment on, it just seemed to be, obviously, from, from your, for your time at Newcastle, from that moment, it just got better and better and better. And you look, what happened after that game? What was the biggest thing that changed for Newcastle at for that me, point? For me, it's a lot of rumours about it, and some of them are true. And that's the right, and I'm gonna tell you <laughs> which ones they are. Uh, what, it, what it happens, I believe that we relegate, and the club uh, obviously, you still have the help from the Premier League when you relegate more money than any other championship teams. Uh, and obviously, the club uh, in that moment, what they wanted to do is go back to the, to the Premier League. So they believe that keeping the team from the Premier League with the quality players we have, like Michael Owen, Ovafme Martins, this type of players. You want to walk just through the championship and promote. You know what I mean? And at the end, he realized in precision that so many players, mentally wise, they didn't want to stay. They weren't happy to play in the championship. And, and like you say, after this game, they realized that, okay, it's time to change something because we are not going a good way. We're not doing a good precision. They just fucking kill us right now in this game. And it's something to change. It's something to change. So, whoever does, we have a meeting with the board, the players as well. That was really good from New Barton and the Carroll. Obviously, big personalities in the race, Kevin Nolan, big personalities in the dressing room um, in that time. To say, listen, guys, whoever do, with the board included, whoever doesn't want to stay, obviously, is completely respectful because at the end, everyone can decide their future, you know, what they want to do. But listen, we speak with the board and say, listen, whoever doesn't want to stay, just sell them. And just the people that want to stay and fight to come back where Newcastle deserves, let's stay. A result for us that. We never saw coming. It's been a, a very good pre-season so far. Um, the games that we've played, plus the training, we had a, a, a quite a tough training week this week. Um, the most important thing for us is that we, we put that one behind us. But certainly we didn't see it coming, and um, you know you've got to give them credit. I certainly don't think it was a 6-1 result, but um, not good enough from us. And there isn't really anything pleasing that I saw today. Uh, Chris was was key for us, I believe, as well. Chris Hutton was key uh, was key for us because I believe that team was broken, like you could see in that position was completely broken uh, in terms of us together in the in the, in the, on the pitch. To be honest, because outside we have a good relationship. To be honest, the players, but on the pitch, I don't know why we couldn't fit together. And then since that game, we have that chat with the board, and we just have a chat with the players, just us. Some players, they recognize it. They didn't want to stay. They weren't happy. They speak with the club. The club put them on the, uh, on the side. They didn't even train with us. And, and just we stayed the place that we wanted to, to stay. Uh, I had an offer from La Liga. But like I said to you before, uh, when it happens to the Betis team, same thing. It was my one. I was one of the parts of the mistakes because at the end, the ones who we play on the pitch is us, the players. And it was, it was my mistake as well, obviously, like any other player to relegate that team. And I feel like I wanted to, to, to combat there. And I didn't want to come back to Spain and have the feeling that... Because I knew as well, if I come back to Spain, I will never have the chance to come back to the Premier League again because obviously you fell. 
So I say, I'm going to stay and I'm going to put this team where, where, where they said, I'm going to help. I'm going to give, obviously, my, my, my 100% to, to help this team. And I believe Chris as well got that team. He got a big personality and he's everyone you ask. He's such a nice guy, Chris, and he's an amazing manager as well. And he was so important to us because he put a team that was completely broke. He put, he put us all together, all together again. And we fight for the same thing. And to be honest, it looks, I know, from outside easy. Like we win the league like very, very easy. But it wasn't like that. We training so hard. We play every game like crazy. You guys, the fans that were amazing at home and away from home as well. It was like playing the Premier League really because it was full all the time. So between all of us, you know, counting the players, the club and the fans, all of us, uh, we did combat this team where they deserve in the Premier League. I still believe that they are nowhere they deserve. I believe Newcastle should be a top six team. That's my opinion. And it's always been. That's why I left. Uh, and, and that's all, really. That's all. Yeah, you've touched about brilliantly about Chris Hutton and the, the championship season. We'll go in a bit more depth than that now. And even look at the beginning of that season where Newcastle just were, were quite comfortable. They're winning, obviously, a lot of games and obviously confidence grew. But you talk about the importance of Chris Hutton. And did he just give you that confidence, Jose, to, you know, Use your strengths. Like I thought, your biggest strength was obviously your your attacking displays. You had that partnership with Jonas Gutierrez, which you mentioned, obviously a big, a big friend for you as well. Um, how crucial was that relationship with with Jonas and obviously the management of Chris Hutton? Because he just seemed to get you a hundred percent. Well, you have to. When you when you realize, to be honest, when you when you are your a young player, you don't think that much in managers. You believe that you go to the pitch, you do your own thing, and, and that's all. And when you grow older, you realize even more how important is a manager because at the end, is is the one who who really builds the team. Look at Liverpool right now. Yeah, Liverpool is always been a, a top team for me. I'm sorry, but it's the best team in the world, and it is. It is because they won the cup. But but you know, it's like it's like that. Club, for example, changed everything in Liverpool. That's the reality. Then they sang good players and everything. And obviously, yeah, Van Dijk, Alisson, yeah. But in Newcastle, it's the same. In that time, look, we have, in terms of players, we have worse team than the year in the Premier League. We, we don't have a family, Martins, Michael Owen, Marby Duca, Jeremy. So at the end, you look at the players and you say, well, and then Andy Carroll promoting from the second team. like, And you say, well, Nile Ranger as well and everything. And, and you say, Oh, and this team promote, and it was easy. No, it wasn't easy. I'm telling you, the championship is like the Premier League too. It was very difficult. Uh, Chris Hutton was so important to us because he put us all together again. That's what I told you. He put us together again. He is such a nice guy and very good manager, you know. And he put us all together. And obviously, about Jonas and me, yeah, it's a friendship out outside of the pitch, uh, you know, and, and inside the pitch, we just understand each other. I just said to him all the time, we used to joke because I said, Jonas, you have to be like a wall to me. Just, I pass you the ball and just give me back. That's all you have to do in all the game. And we were laughing about that, you know, but he was, so, he was so good with me because he helped me so much. Obviously, going forward, I know he always is there behind me and always recover my this and as well. He was really tricky with the ball. He was really good and I really, really enjoyed playing on the leg with him. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, we could say that for that last couple of years. It was just a fantastic partnership. Um, early on in the championship, it was that when you decided that Newcastle were probably going to be promoted. Did you feel very early on that you, Newcastle were just too good for this division or did you feel that very much one game at a time and then when we get promoted, we get promoted or... Was there a particular point in that season where you thought, yeah, I think we're going to be promoted now? 
No, we, we were a team that would, you have to think game by game. At the end, is what I told you, it looks like because we finished the league so easy at the end, but it wasn't easy at the end. It's like I say, it's a team that comes from the Premier League and look how many teams come from the Premier League to the Championship and they stay in the Championship, they don't promote. It's very difficult because so many players, they are not used to. You've been used to playing the top of the league and then you come to Championship and it's less quality players, yeah, but the football is more aggressive, more like the Premier League, but even worse in, in terms of kicking, long balls, this, that. So at the end, you're playing with taller players like this, like that. Well, like still, like still it is. Obviously, it's very good league. It's very good players on it, but obviously the Premier League is better. That's why it's the first division. So... So it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but it's true that I believe after that game, we have that chat and between all of us, I think we make a group with the manager. He make a group of all of us and, and, and from the start, we believe that, listen, if we are all stick together and we are a team, we can, you know, obviously with you guys, with your help, with the fans, you know, because we know we didn't even have to say that because we, we know we count of you. I remember when we relegated, <laughs> I remember against Aston Villa, I remember like it was yesterday, and 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 it was three thousand fans, if I remember well, away from home, and it was full the away 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 fans, and and we relegate again, and they start clapping, you know, like don't worry guys, don't worry, we will promote this year, and you go like, wow, these people, they don't, we don't fucking deserve it, you know what I mean? Like we we don't deserve, so let's give them what they deserve, and and try, and when we were in the championship, was that we were talking about that a lot as well. We were saying, listen. They don't deserve to be in this league. We, des we deserve to give them what they deserve. And, and we give our best. And I believe that that what it was, the unity and obviously the quality as well we have in the team. We have so many players that they passed the 15 goals mark. You know, like Shelameovi, Andy Carroll, Kevin, I think he was closer. It was so many, so many good players for the league. So I, th I believe, obviously, we had a good team to win it. But it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Yeah, of course. Obviously, the championship is it's ridiculous. Even now, when you look at the championship, it's a difficult, difficult league. And you talk, you talk about obviously playing big matches, but that game against Nottingham Forest at St James is where you get that goal in the last minute. Um, yeah. Describe that moment to us, Jose, because it just seemed that the relief for all the fans, it was a great night, a sellout at St James's. Was that one of the best moments in a black and white shirt for you? couldn't have gone to a more fitting player on this pitch tonight because I said what I think about him I think he's the best player in the championship Jose Enrique attacking defending the fella can do the lot but never ever in your wildest dream would you say a composed goal scorer well no doubt obviously the best moment is when you promote because at the end it's not I just my own feeling is everyone is feeling you know what I mean at the end is 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 if football is not just us, it's you fans, it's the, it's the club and everything. So at the end, promoting was the best moment, you know. And to be honest, we have a great season, so it was really good. But obviously, that goal, as, as, a, as a, obviously just myself talking about how much I enjoyed myself in that moment, it was great. Because to be honest, I wasn't playing very well that game. I was okay. And, and obviously, we went 1-0, uh, obviously suffering a bit. We weren't playing very well either, the team in, in general. And obviously, all the sudden, to be honest, I yeah, I did all well. And then the shooting, really, I shoot with my right foot, and I say whatever it goes, it goes. 
you know, and, and he went in, and he went in, and obviously you could see my celebration, the sign, and it, it was beautiful because as well all the stadium start to sing my name, all my teammates start to jump in on me. That I nearly died at there, nearly died. He got <laughs> ten players on top of me, you know, I couldn't move. I said to Jonas, and Jonas was putting grass in my mouth as well, you know, and I, and I said, Jonas. I can't fucking breathe. I say, stop putting the rest of my mouth. I fucking make He was laughing. I said, I'm going to die here. You know, it was funny. And it was nice. It was an amazing moment. To be honest, like you say, probably personal-wise, obviously, it was the best moment because, like you say, it was the 2 nil. We were promoting straight away after that game. So it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And you could see, like you say, the enjoyment of the fans because we were suffering a bit. Everyone was a bit scared of like, oh, maybe not. And then, Boom, the second goal arrived a few minutes before the end and everyone was like, wow, it's done. We are here now. So it was incredible, yeah, incredible. He's took a yellow card. Yeah. And that's the shame of it. But I think Chris Hewitt may forgive him that yellow card. Mike Ashley celebrates. The whole of Newcastle celebrates and they're standing by for an Easter party to celebrate Newcastle United's well, it is certain return to the Premier League. Well, you would think so, wouldn't you? You've got a booking for taking off his shirt out. You got into the championship team of the season that year, and it, that was no fluke, I would say. It was, you, did, you, you played really well. Obviously, I think you were injured for like three or four weeks, and obviously they brought Patrick Van Annalton, but you came straight back in the team, not a problem. And you didn't really, I, think, I, could, I can't remember many bad games at all that season from, you have to be brutally honest. But, when you get promoted at the end of that season, Jose, um, you're back in the Premier League, it's fantastic. Did you feel that you were more ready for the Premier League or did you feel that the whole team were more ready for the Premier League? Because you, could, you argued that the, the team that actually got us relegated was a, a stronger team, which you've mentioned. Did you feel that this team was ready and was able to stay up? Because that had to be the, the first, you know, the first sole uh, target for the club. Well, obviously, you believe that at the end, I remember when they sacked Chris Hutton, the team was in a, in a, in a good position. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. We weren't suffering to, to relegate. Obviously, we knew we were going to suffer because that's the reality. You come back from the championship and at the end, you don't have as much, you don't spend as much money as other clubs. And at the end, you know, is, you're going to suffer. But to be honest, we have the, we were convinced that with Chris managing and few signings, we could we could stay. Easy. Well, not easy, obviously, but we could stay in the division because we need we have that confidence now from coming the season before and, and doing really well. And I believe we did went really well. Obviously, they saw Chris Hutton. That was obviously, in my opinion, I didn't understand it much. Maybe the, the club had other aspirations. Our aspiration as a players, and I believe the fans the same. Obviously, you if you get there, you you think in something else. But the first target was to stay in the league. That's the reality because you just come up from the championship. And obviously, the year after you can think in something else and everything. But the first season to stay and and, and it's good as well for the fans and for the club to like, oh, we are a Premier League team now. We are staying in the league again. So I believe maybe they weren't in terms of of that the, with the target they weren't really real with it and that's why they sacked Chris because I believe sack, uh, Chris was perfect for us to be honest and then obviously Alan Pardew I think it was who came no yeah and, you, yeah and and Alan did did good for us as well he was a good manager I really like him as a man and as a, as a manager as well he did really well for Newcastle uh, 
But obviously, when they sacked Chris, was a bit disappointed for all of us, to be honest, as a, as a player as well, because we didn't really understand. I believe, obviously, the clubs, they take the decisions, and obviously, they own the club, and, and I accept that. But obviously, before you sack someone and everything, at least reunite with the captains and the people from, from there and speak with them and see their opinion as well, because maybe you've seen something that, that, that is not real, and, and, and the players, we've seen it every day, and Chris... I always say that, I, and even now I have a good relationship with him. He's, he's a top man, and he's a top man. It's good. Yeah, you talk about that that season, obviously your last season at Newcastle. Um, before we touch about maybe the the day that uh, Chris Hutton gets sacked in, Alan Pardew comes in, and the games, the memorable games, obviously the Arsenal game, which I'll touch about in a second. But you experience a couple of big games against Sunderland, and that is the biggest game up in the northeast, Newcastle versus Sunderland. You were victorious a few times, um, obviously early on in your career. Uh, played in the 2-0 win at St. James's, but the 5-1 win at St. James's has to be, obviously, a, a lot of Newcastle fans will say it's the best game they've ever been to, and those who you played that game as well. Did you feel the fans' importance of that game as soon as you were in the city centre, you were just driving around, and you, you, you meet people on the street? Did you feel straight away, we can't no. lose this game, we can't lose this game against Sunderland? No, when it's a, when it's a derby... Uh, it's a special day and against Sunderland it's a, it's a lie really if you say it's, it's not yeah it's three points like any other Premier League game but it's a special feeling for everyone at the end you could see in the tackles you could see in the in the atmosphere in the stadium it's always incredible but that game is something else it's like yeah even if you play in that time you play against Liverpool or United or City or whatever yeah it was amazing for Newcastle but when you play against Sunderland we're like hey Respect. This is the, <laughs> you know, it's our city, and and, and it was it, it was good. And that game, well, was one of the best moments as well as a player, because we we killed them that game five one. I remember it was Halloween that night. We played on the thirty first, I believe, and yeah, we were yeah, up. We did, we yeah. Were, yeah, and we beat them. That's why I told you. I remember like because we have after party. The, the town was incredible, you know, with the fans. <laughs> Everywhere was incredible. And I'm not going to say what happened with Colochini and Jonas that night, but it was oh, so <laughs> funny. So, so funny. Oh, Colochini and Jonas, they got so drunk. I don't drink alcohol at all. So I never drink in my life. Uh, so I was driving them uh, there and they got so drunk that night. And oh, I was crying, laughing. I really have a good night because all the... And with a lot of players, we were a lot of players together because, like, you know, at the end, I don't know how it is, Newcastle now in that sense, but at the end, Newcastle have an area that is all uh, Floritas and all that. I don't know if it's still open. That, but it's in that still time, open, it's, yeah. It's still open. But well, in that time, it was all that area. And, and, and we were there. And the fans, obviously, after beating Sunderland five ones, it was incredible everywhere. They treated like, oh, drinks, don't worry. Here, come here. It was incredible. <laughs> And, and I have a really nice night as well after the game because you could see how much enjoyment in the people and, and everything was so funny. And then seeing Colochini and Jonas so drunk as well, it was very, very funny. Very, very funny as well. Barton's corner, Williamson in there. Nolan! Jordy Joy! A pile of Jordy Joy! Gutierrez. Nolan. Gutierrez, Carroll, beyond Amiobi, Nolan, two! Sunderland search for a flag, Nolan's not waiting to ask, Newcastle have daylight between them and their neighbours, and it's Kevin Nolan again. Shola Amiobi with four previous derby goals, 3-0! 
<laughs> the Magpies are flying. They'll take some catching now. Simpson face to face with Turner and Carroll against the crossbar. It's come out for Abby O'Day. They've really had it so good. Martin with a waste of Amiomi Nolan! Jordi Hattrick on Derby Day! A captain's Hattrick in the game that matters most. Newcastle 5, Sunderland 0. You are a special fans. That's a reality. Newcastle is one of the best fans in in the UK. I have I've been very lucky, to be honest. I always say that to play for probably the two biggest fans in England. That's definitely. Uh, obviously, Liverpool. You have to recognize in terms of it's more worldwide because obviously they're winning more titles in terms of history wise. But Newcastle, when I lived there, it was beautiful. I loved the Newcastle. To be honest, it was a city that I loved. Uh, yeah, it rains a lot. It's really cold there. Yeah. But for me, I didn't care. You know, I really, really enjoy people. It's so friendly, so nice. You know, like the Jordis. So I really, really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it living there and playing for Newcastle. Oh, fantastic to hear. And um, obviously, you've touched about Chris Hutton getting sacked and Alan Pardew coming in. I was saying, obviously. Newcastle fans weren't too happy about it, let's be brutally honest. They wanted to obviously see Chris Hutton carry on. Um, but there was a couple of big moments towards the back end of the season. Obviously, your uh, last season at Newcastle. And obviously, that 3-1 win against Liverpool, obviously a team that you're going to end up playing for at the end of that season. But I think the big game, I think every Newcastle fan can remember where they were for this game. That is the Arsenal 4-4 game. Um, Andy Carroll had just been sold to Liverpool for £35 million. Arsenal ended up being 4 up before half-time, or I think you probably even earlier than that, and you're just thinking, where do we go from here? Again, similar question to this Leighton Orient one, at half-time, was, what, was, it anything, was it anything different said, or did you just think, can we just try and win the second half and then just give ourselves a little bit of pride? What, what was the overriding emotion at half-time and, and then after the game as well? Yeah, what you just say, I believe everyone was mad really mad with ourselves because it was our mistake. We were really mad with ourselves because obviously you can lose, you can expect to lose against Arsenal at that time, or, uh, but obviously not 4 mil in the first half and you could expect a higher score even in the second half. So we, we were in the dressing room really mad, everyone, you know, like obviously not fighting between each other because at the end was everyone's mistake by listening, yes, yeah, so fucking wake up, you know, like, we cannot, yeah, we, we lose in 4 nil, but we cannot lose 8 nil or 7 nil. It's, it's not possible. We're making it ridiculous here and not just for us, for the fans as well here. What's happened? Let's wake up. And we went to the second half with nothing to lose, really, to say, listen, let's go for it and see what happens. And obviously it happens what, what everyone knows now, obviously, the 4-4. The Tio Tegolda, obviously, I hope he, he rests in peace as well. He was so important for, for us as well. As a player, he was really good as well. A nice man as well. And and I remember celebrating the goal, the first one as well with him. I remember he running like crazy. I, I, if, if you open the door of San Sims, I probably he'll still running that way. You know, you were <laughs> celebrating that crazy. It was it was beautiful, and 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 it was a beautiful game because obviously it was Arsenal. Arsenal is a massive team. They were playing really well. The first half they kill us for nil, and I believe come back from all of that. You could see the spirit of the team with 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 the fans. You know, at the end the fans as well. It, it's good because they didn't give up. We start the second half, and I remember from the start they were like oh, oh come on guys come on you know like come on wake up fucking wake up we can't lose this game this that and with all your help and between us 
we we changed the game and and we finished four four and it was beautiful. One of the best games I've been involved as well. It was beautiful to check off after four nil. Made that comeback is incredible. Stoppages left. Here comes Barton's delivery. It's a teasing one. It's headed away by Arsenal. Check to Oh! Boom! Boom! Check! Check! The room! What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! Check Tiote lifts the room of St James's Park with the most sensational strike you will ever see. What a game, what a team, what a moment. It's Arsenal 4, Newcastle United 4. Was that the best game you played? in a Newcastle shirt or as in just like the best game you've ever been involved with? Like, I know you've obviously played for Liverpool and you've played in Spain, but was that the best game you've ever been involved in? In terms of don't give up, probably, yes. Obviously, for nil at halftime, it was incredible. You know, and then you, you finish 4-4 against Arsenal as well, that you're not talking about. Against any other team, it would be incredible as well, but against Arsenal and the way they, they kill us the first half because they destroy us completely the first half. And then finish 4-4 and, and now I even remember it even better because of what I said, you know, Tiote scored the goal, you know, and he's not, he's not here with us as well. So it's even more special, you know, because everyone will remember this game even more because of him. And, and he deserves that, he, what I call. I don't think he even believed he scored a goal in that moment. <laughs> but it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, yeah. Of course. Um, obviously, towards the back end of that season, there was rumours in the northeast that obviously you were a player that a lot of teams wanted because you had an exceptional season for Newcastle in the Premier League. And you ended up going to Liverpool. Before you ended up going to Liverpool, Jose, there was a, obviously a, a, a tweet, which I'm not going to discuss too much about. I don't think we need to. But all I, was, all I will say about it is that even to this current day, you, you have something, you, you have a point, don't you? Because the ambition wasn't there from the club and you thought, you know what, maybe it's time for a different move, a different challenge. And when Liverpool come calling, Jose, as much as it probably would have been a difficult decision to leave Newcastle, did you feel like you were ready for that, that next step in your career? Well, I'm going to ask you your first, your first question. First of all, I believe it was a mistake from me to put that. Obviously, I believe the way I was thinking, so many players were thinking and so many fans were thinking the same way. Uh, but you as a player, you cannot, you cannot do that. I did it through madness. Obviously, it's no excuse for it. It was a mistake. But I did it through madness and because, through that I loved, I loved the club and, and I didn't like the way the club was going in that, in that way because obviously you're selling your best players you, at the end to replace them. It's not the best. So obviously, I did it in, in a mad way, really. But sometimes social media is dangerous and you should then get your madness and write it down in the social media because at the end, Everyone can read it and then goes everywhere. And in that time, obviously, I was a very important player for the team and, and people will listen to me and, and it wasn't right for me to, to, to do that. That was a mistake for me because at the end, it's the club's decision and, and they can do what they want. So the players, they shouldn't get involved with these things. But obviously, I did. Um, and then, obviously, Liverpool, in, while it was happening, they came. It was a difficult decision in terms of personal-wise because I was happy in Newcastle and it was hurting me you know, seeing the club doing what they were doing. But at the same time, it's like you said, at the end, it was a big step. You go to a club that they won five Champions League. They were spending that summer, they spent 100 million in the January transfer window. They spent Andy Carroll and Luis Suarez as well. 
So you say, listen, I'm going to a team that obviously they want to fight for titles as well. Uh, so it was a no-brainer, you have to be honest with you, in, in terms of that, because you go to a team that, in terms of titles, history-wise, is, is, is in a different in a different way. It's the way it is, you know. And so it wasn't difficult in that way. But personal-wise, was difficult to move away because I was happy in Newcastle. It was four years that obviously at the start was difficult. But like in any job, I believe, you know, when you start, it's difficult. Sometimes you don't know the people, you don't know the place. You know, you can put that in any job, really. No, as a footballer, it's any job. You start somewhere else. I'm sure when you start what you're doing right now, you were scared maybe, and you were like, oh, <laughs> you know, that easy, you know. And then obviously now you're comfortable. You're doing for a while, so this is the same, you know. But I was really happy. It's a place that I will always be grateful. The fans, they were always been amazing to me. Even today, they are amazing to me. They get it wrong when I say my team is Liverpool, and it is. You know, I love Liverpool because I have a special feeling. I'm playing for the Legends as well there, so and they've been supporting me so much with my with my tumor. But I will always love Newcastle. Newcastle is a place that it was very beautiful for me. It was a change change in my career. They they helped me to to adapt to England as well, and they were lovely to me. The people always, and they still lovely to me. So. I will always have good work for me. If, I, if a player that I have asked me about Newcastle, that I already have a player who asked me about Newcastle, I said to him to go there. So even with the owner from now that I know people is not very happy with him, with McCasley and everything, still, the club is still incredible. The city is incredible. The fans are incredible. So I would recommend it to any, to any player. we go that was mr greenwood without me speaking to jose enrique what a lovely man jose not you well i know that uh yeah absolutely sound um jose really was um as i mentioned in the intro very very easy to talk to and the passion he shows for newcastle is it's so lovely to see it's really really nice to see when you see a former player talk so openly and passionately about a football club that knows that can do better. You know, we, we know, we all know as fans that this football club can do so much better. He he believes that as well. And, you know, everybody talks about that game when he was playing for Liverpool, you know, Jose Enrique were in the top six. But he wants to see that regular from Newcastle. He thinks that can happen. He talks openly. He says that we're a bigger club than Everton. And, you know, we should be competing with clubs in that similar, similar level. But, um Obviously, when we're, whilst we're recording this, this is the day before we play Aston Villa on a Friday night. So it's 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 tough to take, but a brilliant, brilliant um, player for Newcastle, but a, a much a, a much much loved Newcastle player. He was a brilliant player, and obviously, when we had that first relegation, um, the kind of three amigos, as it were, himself, Jonas and, and Colaccini, it was kind of the making of them in a way because they hadn't had the greatest of spells in the black and white before we'd gone down. But when we went down that season in the championship and then the season after that, they were phenomenal, all three of them, weren't they? They really were. Um, they all had very difficult seasons um, in 08-09, obviously. Enrique was 
bought in 2007, had that first season under Kevin Keegan. Um, you know, we obviously you've listened that that San Aldice's football was just re- like unbelievably ridiculous for Enrique, and that's it was very no change form. there then. Exactly, and then you look at when Kevin Keegan came in, wasn't too sure on Kevin Keegan as a manager. He wasn't too sure if he was going to be in his plans. Um, you know, if Kevin Keegan was still manager at Newcastle, Jose Enrique might have not had the career he might have had at Newcastle. You know, he, he might have been sold. He could have gone um, at the end of the 2008-9 season. Could have gone back to Spain, but thought, no, I'm going to stick it out with Newcastle because the fans deserve better. You know, we all remember that day at Villa Park, which was a really tough afternoon, but we deserved to be relegated that day. We were poor. We were, had a poor season with a poor group of players, but we needed to rebuild. And Jose, along with Colicini and Gutierrez, were part of that rebuild stru- structure. And he was by far, by far the best left-back in that league by a country mile and continues forming the next season. And um, the relationship between the three, as you mentioned, Sam, you know, they're all kind of cult heroes at Newcastle now. Yeah, absolutely. Gutierrez especially, the the way um, he was hounded out. But that's a story for another day. I mean, when when all said and done and everything's rosy at Newcastle again, I wouldn't mind seeing the three of them at half-time in the centre circle, giving everyone a wave. I think that would be lovely to see when we um, get back to some normality and um, stability. But... Um, it was an absolutely great listen, he, and and all I could do was listen because um, I, I wasn't involved. Are we even now? I mean, I know I had Alan Shearer, but are we slightly even now? Because you know, you had you had longer with Enrique than I had with Big Al. Um, I think it's different, isn't it? It's different because I had just over an hour with uh, with Jose uh, in the summer. You obviously had your, your half an hour of, um, with Alan Shearer, but obviously a lot of it was your char- the charity stuff, um, questions that you had to ask beforehand because obviously with uh, TV commitments and radio commitments, he's, he, he's got... I will them. just stress, all the questions I wanted to ask were fine. He didn't say no to any of them. No, but I think you, you, you obviously you didn't want to get them in trouble. Well, no, exactly. Why the hell would I want to piss off Alan Shearer? He's the greatest human being of all time. <laughs> Yeah, it, like there was not like the only thing I would say about then if you want to look back at it now because this was like you're talking probably eight months ago when this interview nine months ago actually when was this? Might even be longer than that. It might I think it might be about ten ten months ago. Sorry, because you're thinking I'm thinking May time like yeah now. yeah. Um, you, you know he was very open with a lot of subjects and um, you know Newcastle, Newcastle there was a lot more things going on with Newcastle at that point. Um, but obviously there was a lot of talk about the manager. And then you look at the current day, there's a lot of talk about the manager. Um, and, you know, he believes that Steve Bruce is a good guy. This was obviously a long time ago with him in regards to him doing a good job. I think me and you have been quite open, Sam. He did a good job last season. You know, yeah. FA, FA Cup quarterfinal. You know, very, very comfortable in the league. Not really bothered in any relegation battle at points. I don't think we were ever really that worried. Obviously, it's a bit different this season. But, um, yeah, I would happily do another interview with, with Jose if it was just about this season and maybe talk in more depth about his relationship with Gutierrez and maybe more about that um, that 10-11 season. You know, because he was by far one of our stronger players. And Oh, God, when, yeah. When you look at the players that we had that, that had gone at the end of that season, 
Enrique went to Liverpool, Nolan left, Barton left, um, you know, experienced players, experienced Premier League players. Everyone was like, whoa, we're not too sure about this. And, you know, we brought Davide Santon, who I thought was okay for Newcastle. Oh, I like but, him. But you look, at, you, look at, you look at it now, I don't think we've had a, a stronger left-back since Enrique. And I think a lot of Newcastle fans would probably put Enrique as the best left-back they've seen if you're under the age of, say, 20 or 25. Because, you know, before John Beresford, maybe it's just mm. more your era, Sam, you know, we haven't really Olivier had Olivier some... Bernard and John Beresford. Yeah, so, but, yeah. Aaron Hughes would fill in there as well. I would, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Aaron Hughes is left. I, I've come to, I, I'll say Bernard, of course. Um, you know, someone that we'd love to have on. You know, that would be brilliant in the near future um, if we can get someone like him on. That would be, you know, brilliant um, if he's listening. Um, but, you know... And if, we, and if you're listening to this and we've had him on, then um, <laughs> great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I would say for me... Um, Enrique is the best left back I've seen at Newcastle. Yeah, I think definitely since um, that that championship season was the making of him and how great that night was against Forest where he got his goal. That um, that one in particular will live long in the memory because that was a big, big win against Nottingham Forest who were like pushing for promotion themselves, weren't they? They were. Um, Forest ended up finishing third that season, lost in the playoff semi-final to Blackpool who got promoted and he talks about, you know, Gutierrez sticking grass in his mouth <laughs> when all the players are on top of him. If you remember, Newcastle took the lead for Amiobi with about 20 minutes to go and then Enrique finished it off with his only goal for Newcastle. And, um, yeah, he was like, he was like, I said, I can't fucking breathe. I can't fucking breathe. It was great to talk about that. And, you know, I think one of the best stories was that was the derby. The Sunderland game, um, it, it was. Oh, I was there that day. So was I. Were you? Um, Where were you sat? I was sat in. I was sat right, not a million miles away from the Sunderland fans. I was right in the gods. Um, because it was obviously I was. How long have I been then? Two thousand and ten. I would have been fifteen. Go actually, no, I would have been sixteen. Sorry, um, it would have been sixteen in two thousand and ten. And back in those days, when the tickets were really cheap, um. I was in level seven and there's like a hundred quid or 115 quid or something ridiculous like that. And I was right next to the Sunderland fans and the, the butterflies... Not just for your ticket, because I was going to say mine weren't that much, but you were, I'm assuming you were with your dad. I was with my mate, actually. One of my mates, um, shout out to Michael Berry, um, <laughs> big Newcastle fan. He's got, he's and you paid £115 for your ticket? Yeah, season ticket, Ah, okay. Sorry, I'm yeah. with you. I thought you just meant that game. <laughs> well, that's no. ridiculous. No, I, I always remember because I had, I had friends from London that came up and they were the big Newcastle fans and um, he only went to two games that season, the Sunderland game and the Arsenal game. Oh. You couldn't pick two better games. Um, but the Sunderland game, I just remember being, I remember walking when I got into level seven and it wasn't until I entered into the concourse and you could hear this, the noise and you could see the Sunderland fans, how close we were. And I just got, got butterflies in my stomach so I was thinking I was dead nervous but like excited because obviously it was a derby but I was nervous because I don't I didn't think we were favourites on the day when you look at Sunderland's team that day you look at Newcastle's team that day Sunderland had a better team on paper obviously a derby game anything could happen but I was always confident with Enrique on that left back because his strength people forget about the power and his strength of holding off midfielders how many times would we see midfielders try to get the better of Enrique and he would just shepherd them out of play and it'd be a goal kick? 
He was nicknamed was the Bull, wasn't he? I seem to remember when he was at Villarreal, they called him whatever the Spanish is for the Bull. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, he was a Bull. He was a Bull, but he had a fantastic ball on him as well. Like, like He used to love, love his overlapping as well. He, you know, it helped Gutierrez. Gutierrez would overlap him sometimes as well. Yeah. It, was, it was great to watch from, an, um, from a fan perspective. But that Sunderland game, he obviously Newcastle got him in 5-1, one of the best games I've ever been to. And, you know, they got tripped like royalty. That's the be- that's what he said to us afterwards. It was like being it was like being royalty in Newcastle. You went out and Jose doesn't drink, but Gutierrez does. <laughs> they were getting off of drinks left, right, and centre. Um, in particular, I think it was Flavitas they went to in town, which is is what is quite popular um, um, bar in Newcastle. And it just would honestly they could they could have had anything they wanted that night. He, Absolutely, he, he was, he was, Halloween was wasn't it that day? He was, he was, he was, he, he was Halloween. He was driving because obviously he doesn't drink, so he was obviously taking Gutierrez home. <laughs> but um, yeah, what what a memory! You know, he he, he still loves the area, um, and obviously with him, he does a lot of work for Liverpool. Um, obviously, that's why he's actually he does a lot of uh, he work for TV companies and. Um, Obviously, he's still based in Spain, but I think he's still got a home in Liverpool as well. So he he, he loves the, he loves the area, but Newcastle has a special place in his heart. Hmm. Always handy to keep a designated driver on side. Um, I was I, I was in uh, I was in the Gallagher Upper. Uh, That's where I sit now. Gallagher Upper. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to hem towards Gallagher Lower now because I like I couldn't see. The away fans, because of like where the know. where the roof lies on the on on the Gallagher, but um, it was funny because you had um, what's his face Lockwood on at half time and he was kind of goading them. That was very funny. I remember that. that. That'll live long in the memory for absolutely, absolutely. I remember being very nervous that day as well. I was very snappy. I seem to get snappy when I'm nervous. <laughs> I just want to sit in silence, but then I've got Carl talking at me when I'm about to interview the world's greatest human in Alan Shearer. And then I've got a three and a half hour journey where all the missus wants to do is talk. When I'm going to a derby, just let's have some. Did you go with Carl that day, did you? Yep. God, she, there's obviously she she's a ticket for my birthday. God, you, you've got to be careful with birthday presents like that. Like. Um, she, she came with me, she absolutely loved it. Um, like the first two goals, we were going crazy and then, yay! Oh, let's have a little hug and a kiss. Third goal, she she kind of turned to me to do the same, and I'm in a pile on like two rows down and like 12, 12 seats across of just like a massive because it was right on half time. It was a penalty, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. After that, I was just it was just absolute. Um, yeah, I was nowhere to be found. It's do you know the funny thing is though, Sam, right? It's amazing what football does to people in the sense that you would not just rug, uh, hug a random stranger. But when your team scores, it doesn't matter who's next to you. You're hugging random blokes or random lasses next to you. And it's completely normal. It's a yeah. completely normal thing. And like, um, it's, just, it's just so strange now like, when you obviously... Obviously, we missed that at the minute. I don't think we're a million miles away from normality. Hopefully, with everything that the government have put in place, hopefully it goes to plan, and you know we can go back to matches without any restrictions in, in, in August. That would be brilliant, you know, regardless of what division. You're in. But I, I missed the whole experience of going into the game, watching Newcastle play whoever, 
and you know talking about it after having a drink afterwards and if you cast a win it's a, it's a bonus but it's it's, it's it, you know those moments like obviously in lockdown one where the arsenal game the four four games the best game i've ever been to in my life and enrique played a part that day and it still lives long in the memory yeah i don't know if you did you i don't know if you went to that arsenal game sam but it was no. just incredible and given my attitude around that age, I, I, I kind of think of what would I have done had I have been there. Because I'm not one to leave early. But earlier that season, I came up for the Blackpool at home where we lost 2-0, where we should have won 15-2. But, and then I kind of, when Blackpool got their second goal, were like five minutes towards the end. That's the first time I've ever got up and left a Newcastle game early. Because I wasn't happy. But um, I've only done it twice. I've only done it twice. The first one was when we got beat off Liverpool 6-0. I had, I, oh. had of, I had enough at 85. And the second game was because I had to catch a train to go back up to, the, to uni. Um, it was the 4-2 game against Southampton um, in 2013, I believe. Um, oh, CSA Screamer. Yeah, it was, French, it was France Day or French Day. Yes, or, yes, 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 yes. And um, yeah, I had to leave at like 87. But I was still kind of looking at my phone going, I'm sure we're not going to concede. But um, yeah, I, I, like that, that, that's what, that's what, I, I can't leave early unless I have to. Unless yeah. I have to. But, well, um, the thing is, I, you know, I've driven up three and a half hours. I've got to drive back three and a half hours. Why the hell should I leave early? But yeah, that's it, that. It's it's funny you mentioned that um, the Arsenal game though because I was t- I was saying that one of my friends came up from London to watch the Arsenal game at four 0 I said if it goes to five we'll go. It yeah. never went to five. Yeah. See, I sometimes think, oh, what would I have done? Because I genuinely don't know if I would have fucked off at half time or not. I don't think you, I think I think you probably would have stayed, and because. There's no you. Would, I think you would have gone. Do you know what? I'm, yes, I've driven all this way, and I know we're four 0 down. We're probably going to lose. But do I really want to get back in a car when I've just driven three and a half hours? I think I'd. I think I'd rather just have a yeah. break. You know, I'd rather if, even as if watching Newcastle lose. Like obviously, it didn't happen. But it, it's it's the best game. It's the best game I've ever been to. Newcastle didn't win the game. How has that happened? Crazy, check Teote. Anyway, um, lovely stuff. Uh, we will be back next week, as always, um, with another new guest. Who will it be? I don't know. Google it. Wait until next week. Who knows? But um, thank you very much. And it will be a joint interview next week, I promise. There'll be more of me. So um, oh, unlucky if you don't like me, and uh, <laughs> hooray if you do. But um, yes, until next week, we will see you then.